thankful for the way these stories hold on to the lifetime we won't get back. I know these rivers carry Welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County, or talk to some of the people. I'm Jake Lamore, and today's kind of a throwback. Um, <laughs> this is wild. I uh, we're welcoming a uh, high school classmate of mine. Uh, we both graduated from Bishop McNamara Catholic High School in 2009, so the you know the years are are getting. Uh, behind us more and more um and that is molly eric welcome to the show hi (laughs) so so i we've seen each other in passing but that's about it pretty much yeah yeah um and it was just a couple times along the like the Perry Farm mm-hmm. Trail here. Uh, Merchant Street Music Fest on occasion. Did I see? Okay, that's all I can remember. I just remember seeing you in passing in different mm-hmm. places. But you're one of the only people that I run into <laughs> from school. Like you're literally, I, I can't really think of that many other people that I've run into in the last what is it, eleven years now? Ish. Twelve. Twelve. Uh, well, almost. It's 2021. 12, because our 10 year, year reunion was two years ago. Already. The year before COVID. Wow. That's right. Yeah. I, did you? You didn't go. I did. I did. Um, and there wasn't, I mean, I'm trying to even remember how many people showed up, but that's besides the point. So we've seen <laughs> each other in passing. I remember the, the couple times we did see each other on the trail. That was during COVID. That mm-hmm. was like right when things started. Yeah. So, um, but uh, the reason why you're here today is to talk about a super cool adventure you went on not too long ago. Um, and we're going to dive into that uh, in a second. But like first, I mean, yes, we went to high school together, but that was only four years. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a ton about like you and your family, like where you guys are originally from and what what your story is there. Okay, so my family is actually from Kankakee. Okay. So um, my mom fettered back between here and Florida as a kid. My dad, I'm pretty sure, was always here. Um, and what's your mom's maiden name? Capilano. Capilano. Yep. It sounds Italian. It is very Italian. <laughs> <laughs> They're not super Italian, though. We checked the genetics. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. Just um, a t- an Italian name is mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Um. And that's kind of it. Like we've always we've been here for a really long time. My dad's actually done the background on our family. Um, I wouldn't say we're like the oldest family in the area, but we've been here for we've been here for a really long time. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah see, I didn't know. And Eric would be. I remember talking to you about that um, in high school. Is it is it German? Yep. 
Okay, that's what I thought because I remember, I, I think I remember that because the the other my mom's side of the family is Weber, so mm-hmm. that's German mm-hmm. as well. So, um, so yeah, I was just curious to know to know that you mm-hmm. know where where you come where your family comes from and how long you've been here and um, and so so coming to the uh, you you could explain this better than I can, obviously. <laughs> so what. You decided to go venture out and do this hike mm-hmm. through the Appalachian Mountains. Mm-hmm. And this is something that daring, adventurous people like to do. Is It's literally the whole mountain stretch, right? Pretty much, yeah. It goes from Georgia to Maine. Okay. And, um, like, you cover... If we want to go really far back in history, the whole mountain range, I think, arches up into, like, Greenlands, but you can't hike that. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. But it's pretty much the east coast of the U.S. Yeah. So what what brought this on? Do you have, like, a—have you done a lot of hiking? I know you've done a lot of traveling um, since we've graduated high school Mm -hmm. together. So uh, why were you like, I'm going to do this? Or was there— uh, I know sometimes that there's like scholarships and things like that mm-hmm. attached. I wasn't sure if you were going back to school and, you know, like if you uh, complete this, this, uh, this hike, you'll oh, get, you'll get like a, you know, <laughs> a full scholarship to somewhere or, you know, a full ride, you know. No, um, part of it was just like, I've had like a longstanding run from when I was a kid to where I've always kind of wanted to disappear into the woods. Mm-hmm. I mean, this way it was a little bit safer and, you know, my family would kind of know where I am at and some point. Not like the, the musical or the movie, Into the Woods. Yeah, where nothing everyone... like that. <laughs> Gosh, that's so tragic. Um, But like, there was also like, kind of like, my life hit this point where it's just like, I had a lot of things that I thought I valued, like what well, I did value and I still hold value to them. But it turned into, like, I was following the expectations of, you know, of, of, like, what's expected of people. So, you know, I went to college. I had the good job. Yeah, where did you go to college? A I was going to ask that. A, a lot of different places. <laughs> I started in northern Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin-Superior. Went to KCC. I went to ISU. Um, ISU didn't work out really well for me. Um, and then I went to and graduated from um, Northern Illinois University. Okay. Yep. And that was, what did you graduate with? General studies. Okay. <laughs> that didn't work out either. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it's hard. It it's is. hard to know, like, what you want to do. Well, that and with the way credits transfer. Oh, So my credits didn't transfer into what I wanted fully just because program differences. Yeah. A huge, I mean, what that's, what was that? Four schools you listed? Yes. Five? Four? <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's gotta be so many and different mm-hmm. states. Mm-hmm. So that also has to be, uh, um, kind of a, a mismatch to, to get yeah. through. I mean, they, tra- they would transfer into the schools, but the programs like, oh, there's a slight difference that makes it so it doesn't qualify. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty rough when I found that one out. <laughs> yeah, so from so from graduating uh, Northern Illinois University, then mm-hmm. where did you where did you end up? Where did you go? Um, so I had a job in flooring. Um, I was doing cost estimates for a flooring company uh, that was actually in Frankfurt. Um, from there, it was like I stayed there for like two and a half years, and I was only planning for about two years, just get that experience, get into something a little bit more advanced or, you know, move my way up maybe with a different company just because it was a small family-owned company. Um, 
So like, you know, that's kind of like where the start of it turns towards like the downhill, because for me, it was like, oh, well, I had the job. Cool. Um, I had a long term relationship that was actually wor- seemed to be working pretty well. And so I lost the relationship. OK, happens. Um transferred jobs, use that to get like, oh, well, you know, I can get a job in a completely different area. And I got a job as a project coordinator for designing and fabricating museum exhibits. Which oh, is, that's cool. Yes. That sounds really cool. Um, what kind of museum? It was it was actually not worth it with the museum. Oh. It was a company that museums would hire to do exhibits. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got fired after two months. Um, wow. It just, it didn't work out. It was just, uh, I guess my skills didn't fully transfer over mm. uh, from my previous job, even though they were similar. They were just a little bit too different. Yeah. So, like, I went from that, and then I was, like, living back with my parents because getting that job, my parents lived closer than where I did. So, um, yeah, so then it's like, okay, I am a single, I'm uh, no major job or anything like that. I... Uh, you know, okay, and I'm back living with my parents. All the things that I fought to not to, you know, avoid. <laughs> and so it, and then, it happens to the best of yes. us. You know, it really does. I feel like I don't. I feel like it doesn't matter what generation you come from. Mm-hmm. Almost everyone has gone through that. Yeah. You know. And then COVID happened. <laughs> so it's like okay. So um, I got a grant to go back to school because I got let go from my job and I qualified for unemployment. So I got a grant. I went back to school. And like right when COVID started, um, on top of my longstanding desire to disappear into the woods, I saw this documentary called Six Million Steps. And it is actually a journey, um, a documentary about the Pacific Crest Trail, which stretches from the border of Mexico to the border of Canada. Oh, wow. That would be <clears throat> yeah. that would be incredible. To, yes. And it, how it, many miles it, is that one? That one. Off the top of my head, I don't know for it's six sure. Million, it's, you say, six million. Would you say six million steps? Six million steps is the <laughs> so we, estimate. It's we do about know that. 2,000 miles plus. Yeah, yeah I was going to say it has to be at least 2,000 mm-hmm. miles, if not more. And um, it goes through some of like the most gorgeous terrain. But just through these interviews that he was doing for his documentary, the sense of like peace you would get or like personal acceptance you would get from the people he was interviewing. They just seemed so at peace with everything or just kind of like, you know, accepting of, oh, hey, something happened now. I've And it's like, I really needed that in my life because like I had gone through that major downturn and I was just climbing back out of it. And it's just like, so when, you know, COVID happened and I, and I hate saying it this way, but COVID ended up benefiting me because I, I mean, it's okay to benefit (laughs) from COVID. I feel like, you know, I mean, not, not like in a bad way. I mean, it's gotta be, there has to be some pluses for somebody. Someone's got to make out, you know. So like with the, like I penny pinched all of my COVID unemployment because, you know, living with my parents, all student loans were on hold because of the pandemic. I penny pinched every single penny of it. And I said to myself, it's like, well, I realize I can do this. Like, I, I have the money to do it now. I have the the um, I have the time once I finish school. Um, so it's like, oh, well, it suddenly became real. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll do the Pacific Crest Trail. Except the Pacific Crest Trail has desert, high altitude, and just um, just like a mountainous part of the Sierras, if I remember right. Is And it's just like I have no experience with any of that. 
Okay. It's like so. a mi- mishmash of, of different, um, what was I thinking? Um, weather patterns, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. go from super cold to super hot. Yeah. And rain, it's like, it's snow. not like so much all at once. It's just that you kind of hit the extremes. You hit desert and then you hit high altitude mountains with snow on them and they can have, you know, blizzards on them. I've heard stories of people saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, we just had snow and we couldn't see the trail. So we kind of just guesstimated using uh, our hiking app. It's called Gut Hooks. Uh, and we just kind of guesstimated where we were and, you know, followed that. And yeah, I just can't imagine traveling that with all the the different variables. How do you possibly? You can't bring everything with no. you. So how do you pack for something like that? Um, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, plan the best. Like you, a, you know, it's like you you got to bring a winter coat, but then you have to bring mm-hmm. you know. Well, uh, we can get back to that just because it's like because yeah. uh, like I like I said, it was just for that. It was. Um, you know, okay, so much I've unexpe- I've not experienced because yes, I have done some traveling, but most of it stayed in the Midwest. So I decided, okay, Appalachian Trail, which lower elevations, you still get some crazy weather switches out there, um, but not as extreme as you know desert to high altitude mountain kind of stuff. So I picked the Appalachian Trail instead. Um, and did you happen to find that trail just by doing some Google searches, or did you find it through like the same avenue? As the, uh, the, the Pacific Crest Trail. Crest Trail. Yeah. Thank you. So um, I actually have no idea how I found them. <laughs> like I've always kind of known that they existed, and I have no idea where that knowledge came from. Well, you I... said yourself you've always wanted to escape yeah. into the woods. So maybe, you know, you were Somewhere. just born with it. You're just born with that knowledge. Born with the knowledge these long trails exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, so I was just like, okay, well— go to the Appalachian Trail, and plan my hike for that. Oh, that's so terrifying. <laughs> when, you, when you finally say, yes, I can do it, you turn around and you start researching gear. And um, I actually did my gear research through a podcast. Okay. Um, there's a podcast I listen to. I'm, I'm not sure if I can mention it. No, just, yeah, go ahead, um, please. It's called Hiking Through. And she is a person who she was preparing for her PCT hike, which is Pacific Crest Trail, um, and by interviewing past through hikers. And she was getting gear reviews. She was getting, you know, what's your preference? What's your comfort item? Because, like, you can only carry so much with you. Um, I did a lot of my research through there. But part of your research of something like this is you like there's a lot of people who they'll replace gear on the trail because they find it's just not working for them. So, like, I've been camping before um, from, like, when I was a kid. We went camping a few times. I've done a few, a, a few like, solo stuff as an adult. But, like, camping gear is so much heavier. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. you got to carry so much stuff mm-hmm. with you because you got to be prepared for as much as, yeah. as possible. And so I went through and I started researching some of these brands. And I would sit like I had three tents sitting in just like a a tab open on my computer. Okay, which one do I want? Do I want to go with a tarp tent, which really has no bottom? It's literally just a tarp and it's super light. Or do I want to go with something with a bottom to it? Do I want to go with a hammock? Um, Do I want to go with something that's a little bit heavier, but I can set it up pretty much anywhere? 
And a hammock is an option? Yes. On the on the Appalachian Trail, there's so many trees that oh. you can tie up a hammock and you have a tarp for over the top, um, an under quilt for the bottom. So like a breeze goes through at night and you don't, you know, your butt doesn't get cold. I was going to say, yeah, that's <laughs> like um, I sleep on an air mattress next to my son every night mm-hmm. and I have to have a uh, sleeping bag. Mm hmm. Because otherwise, yep. you get because you've got just nothing but air underneath yes. you. So yeah. um, the, the funny thing is, is because um, people you you think these uh, people who are doing this are like okay, they they are hardcore in their own way, but some of them actually use air mattresses, but not in the way that you would think. Um, there's these air mattresses they blow up, and I'm holding my hand up, so <laughs> they're only about like maybe I think they're like an inch thick, okay, and. Some of them you can just blow up with your own breath from your lungs. It takes like, I think one of them I read a review for said it takes like four big breaths. Some of them have like this bag that comes with it that you roll up and you, you know, fill it with air that way. Um, And in all honesty, they're really great insulators because the main thing that if you're sleeping on the ground, the main thing you want to avoid is that chill from the ground. Yeah, right. Yeah. Me, I prefer a foam mat because I don't have to worry about leaks. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, I, you know, that's the thing with those air mattresses. Yeah. You got to worry about all those darn leaks. Yeah. And like these things are built to be durable. Like there's people who've probably done trails, like probably who've done, it's called a triple crown, which is the Pacific Crest Trail, the Appalachian Trail and the CDT, which is, I believe, Continental Divide. And there, there's people who've maybe done all of them and maybe their, you know, inflatable ma- inflatable pad has lasted all three. Mm-hmm. Um or, you know, maybe it's, hey, day one out and I have a pinprick hole, so I'm sleeping on the ground until I get to the nearest town. <laughs> yeah. 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 That would not be fun. So no. So you're doing all this research. What was the one thing, uh, what was something that surprised you while you're you're listening to this podcast and you're learning, like, what gear you need? What was something you're like, oh, what? Like, or, you know, maybe you thought you needed this, but it turned out you didn't. That was mm-hmm. a bad idea, you know? Um, let's see. Or how to interact with wildlife, <clears throat> things like that. Um, or not interact with them, I should say, <laughs> because I'll, I'll tell you, I, the reason I ask is because it was not too long ago, I was visiting with my brother and he's hiked through uh, the national parks out west, mm-hmm. specifically in Utah, because he worked out there for a couple seasons. And I asked him, I was like, How do, what do you do about bears? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you have to make as much noise as possible yep. so that they'll stay away. And I said, well, wh- what kind of noise? And he says, well, just like... Noise. Loud. Oh, he say like talking and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And he says they'll stay away. Yep. So, you know, I mean, I guess what were some things like that that you, you learned? Um, so like gear wise, the surprising thing I learned in all honesty was that some people use the inflatable mattress pads. Yeah. I was thinking, cause like me growing up camping, we didn't have, we didn't even have a foam pad. We slept on the ground. Yeah. Even as an adult, I continued just sleeping on the ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so the fact that you're like, you know, these images of these hardcore hikers or through hikers who are doing these, you know, 2,000 mile trails bring in essentially like it's not quite an air mattress, but it's it's also kind of an air mattress. It is, essentially it is. And it yeah. just kind of blew my mind about that. And I'm like, okay, but that that's a comfort thing. And I get the ground chill thing because I've experienced the ground chill thing. Yeah. Um. Animal-wise, um, the most surprising thing I learned, in all honesty, was that moose have bad eyesight. 
Um, you know, people are worried about bears. People are, and you know, they're well-reasoned to be worried about bears. Um, there's also mountain lions. Um, but I was worried about moose because I was going to be in Maine. I know moose are huge. I know they can be aggressive. I once heard a truck driver refer to them as a 16-wheeler with fur. <laughs> sounds, um, <laughs> sounds pretty accurate. So, like, you know, moose, they're just these huge things. And um, the place I stayed in Maine, it's called the Appalachian Trail Lodge. Um, it's a hiker, fr- it's a hiker lodge. They're super amazing. They're super friendly. They're amazing people. Um, they give a lot of information. And when I told them, it's like, my biggest worry is, is moose. Like, oh, just hide behind something. I'm like, what? <laughs> and they told me, it's like, moose have really bad eyesight. So if you hide behind something, one, they have something to run into. <laughs> And, like, obviously, you know, try and get as far away as possible, too. Yeah, but, like, yeah. when, if you're behind something, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know if they don't process it or if it's just like they just, you know, close their eyes and run. Are they, like, near-sighted or far-sighted or? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get that much information. That much into, I was just glad to yeah. find out that they're not as big of a worry as I thought. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's good. And And did you encounter... No. Any, any, <laughs> you're probably kind of disappointed. I about saw that. a lot of moose poop. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that was pleasant. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's pellets in all honesty. The, 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 it's, like it's a big l- pellet or a small like, pellet? Like, oh, it's just a whole pile of pellets. Whole pile. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. All and, right. Uh, yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> You want to know what you ever you ever want to know what moose uh yeah. you know poo is like It's 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 about a pellet it's, about- it's a bunch of pellets <laughs> that are like maybe maybe like an inch long and you know it, yeah moose poop y'all <laughs> You learn something new every day uh. Um but you know I I I saw a lizard that you know I probably I think it was a salamander actually it's like okay that's something I haven't seen in Illinois before mm-hmm. Um I had a run in with a ground squirrel that tried to get into my pack at one of the shelters I stayed at. And I just kind of like told him, it's like, hey, get away from there. And he scurried. <laughs> so <laughs> that is the extent of my animal experiences. <laughs> so that that's probably a good thing, you yeah. know, that you didn't have any, mm-hmm. you know. Well, the thing in Maine is like Maine does have hunters. And so the, there is like a, if I remember right, I was told that there's like a black bear hunting season. So they're scared of people. Yeah. You know, they're, 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 they're not, you know, if they come in contact with people, they've been shot at probably before. Yeah. Or maybe one um, of their relatives or, yeah. you know, wh- um, whoever. Some of the stuff, some of the places, which I didn't get to, um, like uh, I've heard in New Jersey, they're really bad. Um, I don't remember why. I think it's because like they ended their hunting season on bear for bear for so many years. And so the bears have, you know, forgotten their fear of humans. And then the Smoky Mountains are also a really big bear spot because they're so used to people because it's such a popular tourist spot. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I've heard stories, I think it was in the Smokies, of where bears were like, you hang a bear bag to keep your food away from them. And they're still able to get it down <laughs> sometimes because it's just they're like, I know food is here. Yeah, it's just a, it's something for someone to sell to make money. Yeah. You know. So, okay, so uh, to wrap up the prep, you know, we kind of covered the bed thing. What was something else that, what was everything that you packed besides, you know, figuring out your sleeping arrangements, you know? Okay, so I'm going to divide this into um, into two categories, kind of, and one of them is going to be a little bit embarrassing for me because I panicked. 
That's okay. Nothing um, to be embarrassed about. A lot of people do panic packing, and that's how they end up with like a really heavy pack. Um, me, my packing was. I looked at my bag and I told myself, I've been preparing for a year for this. What do I put in it again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had my tent. Um, and, and the first part is I'm breaking it down into base weight. So base weight in the hiking community is just everything that you absolutely need. Um, so tent, sleeping bag, uh, sleeping pad. It includes the pack. In my case, I include my pack. Um, basic first aid kit, so usually Band-Aids for blisters, um, some alcohol wipes just, you know, for cleaning. Um, let's see, what else did I have in there? Um, something to start a fire, a knife, which was included. I had like a little fire stick in my knife, so I had that. Um, let's see, I'm trying to remember the list of the basic 10, but I looked at the sheet when I What happens when list. it comes with, what about clothes? When it comes had, to clothes. Um, clothes I had since um, I was going through Maine, which was still occasionally cold at night. I had a fleece. It was a fleece lined layer of um, it was like it's all, everything's polyester or merino wool out there. Um, no cotton. The phrase is cotton kills. Um, why? Why is it because uh, it's too hot or it's no, it, it holds moisture. So it does not dry fast. And if it gets wet and then it gets cold, you're going to get hypothermia really fast. Okay. So um, everything moisture wicking, lightweight, fast drying kind of stuff, which polyester, a lot of workout clothes are made was, of the same <clears> stuff. I was going to say the uh, what, Under Armour and yeah. stuff like that. So like I had a fleece line set of that. Um, um, and they, they were essentially leggings and it was essentially Under Armour, yeah. Um, I had a puffy, which is just like, it's a down jacket. Um, and they packed down really small. Like I didn't even go for an expensive one. I just, cause I knew I was going to be beating it up. Oh, sure. Um, and then I had two sets of clothes, one that I was wearing and then one that I would wear at the end or, uh, one that I would wear, like if I was going into town or in camp or something like that. Now at night I'd be wearing the fleece line stuff and the puffy to bed. Cause even though I had a 10 degree sleeping bag, it still got kind of chilly. Yeah. Um, even, and, you know, you'd get that morning breeze coming through. And when you're, you know, warm, that morning breeze is kind of a shocker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, also it helps to have that just extra set of clothes. Some people don't bring that extra set of clothes. They just um, bring one. They just bring one set of clothes and then like sleeping sla clothes slash camp clothes. Because like you do need something warmer for the night. You, you want something dry to put on. This is like, what is that show? Man versus Wild? Or... Yes. <laughs> yes. I love makes... that show. <laughs> uh, that Survivor Man. Love those shows. <laughs> mm hmm but um, so you want something dry to change into at night just because, you know, your clothes are wet. You're not moving anymore. It's easy to get a chill. Um, so I had that and that's kind of it. I had two pairs of socks and both Moreno wool, um, my shoes, but I don't count that in any kind of base weight. And I actually went out and got like the best hiking shoes I could find, like not hiking shoes I could find, but like a brand I know works for my feet. Yeah. Um. And they still gave me blisters. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yes. I feel like there's no way to get around that. 
you have to be the really lucky person. Unless you're like Tarzan and you already have like the most calloused feet in the world. Yeah, my feet are probably... pretty callous because I go barefoot a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, so I guess it is kind of surprising that yeah, you got blisters. I got blisters all over the back of my heel. They, yeah, they are pretty gnarly. That's the bad spot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so clothes. Um, Let's see, first aid, I had that. Um, toothbrush, toothpaste, because you don't think about brushing your teeth out there. <laughs> no, um, I So I had so. a toothbrush. Uh, everybody, like, I hope most people have a toothbrush. I think most people have carry a toothbrush just because teeth. Yeah. Um, and instead of using, like, a small travel tube of toothpaste like some people use, I actually took baking soda with me because, like, it, it, it's a cleaning and it works for upset stomachs. It works for bug bites, which I got plenty of out there. Um, you know, it works for a lot of things. And you try and get as much stuff as multi-use as possible. Now, it's like, I'm not perfect at this. I'm not great at this. I mean, but with my winter clothes in there, because like, you know, some of the weather gets dicey, um, just especially when you're that far north still. And it's still, it's not really early in the season in June. But, you know, and you're in Maine and you're at elevation, it can it can cold fast. I would imagine it was pretty cold um, that time of the year. It wasn't horrible, but like definitely when you're not moving, you notice. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it was really, really hot in all honesty during the yeah. day, <laughs> but okay. at night it cooled down. OK, so so you're all packed. You're mm -hmm. ready to go. Mm -hmm. uh, you fly out there. Right? Yep, I flew. Okay, so you fly out there. You started in Maine. Yes. Where exactly in Maine does the Appalachian Trail start? The Appalachian Trail starts in Baxter State Park on Mount Katahdin. And, like, you stay the night, like, I stayed the night before in Millinocket at the Appalachian Trail Lodge, and they will shuttle you into Baxter Park. Like, I got, it's what they're, they call their Sobo Special. And it included, like, a pack shakedown. Um, I think it was my two nights there, and it also included the shuttle, too. Uh, wow. Baxter so, State Park. so there was a lot of different people going on this hike as well? Or, um, I started with, I believe, 12 people. And that was just the day I started, um, you know, and there's more. If you, if you start in Georgia instead, Georgia is the more popular route. There's probably more than 12 people a day starting in Georgia. Okay. So, um, I mean, our group was a pretty big. Uh, is there a reason for that? Is it just a population thing? Or? Um, the terrain in Georgia is not as rugged in Maine. Some of the more difficult terrain is in Maine. So and, you're like starting at the hardest yep. versus starting at the easy. Yep. I see. And <laughs> it's it's more people start in Georgia because it gives you a chance to get your trail legs, get used to hiking. You know, you can start on 10 mile days on terrain. I won't say it's gentle, but it's it's more gentle than the 100 so mile So you wilderness. really dove in. I dove. Oh, man. <laughs> but it worked best with my schedule. Uh, I have an uncle in Georgia. So it was just like I'm walking to my uncle's house. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, that, that's well, that's kind of a cool mentality, though. Mm -hmm. It kind of gives you a. I mean, obviously, you have a direction, mm -hmm. but having uh, someone that lives at the end mm -hmm. of that, yeah, that point. We actually had a lot of people who lived in Atlanta, Georgia, who started with who started the same day I did, and they all said the same thing for them. Except for them, it was I'm walking home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's kind of yeah. That's that's really cool. I would think that would just help your your mindset to keep going. Um, I mean, it takes a lot 
mindset wise. Yeah. Um, I would I would imagine. It's I mean, because like me, it was now I, I do most of my hiking alone. I don't have a lot of friends who like to do the hi- kind of hiking that I like to do. Um, and in Illinois, it's kind of hard to find that kind of hiking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the places with, you know, more more hilly parts, it seems mm-hmm. like or what? Uh, up north or south? Yeah, we're kind of we're we're in the flatland. We're in the flatland, but yeah, you go south or you go north, and you got all kinds of yeah hills or or uh, and nothing compared to what I had out there. Right. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Exactly. So like, even though like I like I tried to go in as prepared as possible, and but since I'm in Illinois versus you know somebody who may live closer to the trail or in a more rocky terrain, you know, it's like you know I was as prepared as I could be. But that's still not, you know, as prepared as I would have liked to have been, yeah. I guess. You know, I guess before we actually got to your first day, I I was going to ask you, did you do any, like, conditioning to <laughs> – oh. pre- or did you just – you're just um, like, I'm just going to do this because now we're talking about places you can go mm-hmm. sort of close in the region yeah. to, to help a little bit. So did you do any of that? Did you do any type of conditioning? Um, so a lot of my conditioning actually happened. In the gym. Okay. <laughs> I went to the gym. I did my leg day with my pack on. Like I put a 30-pound ruck weight in my pack or in a – in it's a, I used my day pack so I didn't like put any damage or extra stress on my regular pack. Um, and I put a 30-pound weight in it. And I did like lunges and step-ups and I did all sorts of squats and, you know, just to try and get as much prepared as possible. And then in all honesty because it's funny when I found out where you li- where you lived – I've done part of my training on the hill. <laughs> okay. I hiked up and down it until I pretty much lost my mind because it is so much fun to go up and down the same hill so many times. It's a blast. It's, it is. I can't, you know, it's funny. I see, um, I've seen the the little Bishop McNamara buses mm-hmm. go over to the hill uh-huh. down the street and they must be a part of the the track team or or uh, hill or um, beats are brutal. Or, uh, honestly, well, it might not even be track; just some sport in general. Mm-hmm. And their their coaches <clears throat> yep. are making them go up and down that hill. Yep. So, and um, so yeah, I, I did some of that. Um, but most of the part, it was I wanted to get used to the feeling of a backpack on my back. Oh, I would think because, that would like, be the the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you, you want to get used to, um, you know, just the shifting weight. You want to get used to the fact that it kind of alters this, your center of gravity because it's like, oh, hey, you have a weight behind you. So if you lean back, it's going to be like, okay, if you're going uphill and you lean back while you're looking uphill, you're going to fall, Paul, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you got to have that muscle yep. strength or, or that that balance, mm-hmm. um, being familiar with that yeah. backpack, knowing and what you can do and what you yeah. can't do. And even so, like, just because it's so flat out here, we don't have, like, our our trails out here are very manicured compared to what I was on. So, I mean, it was roots and rocks and, like, some of the pictures I've shown you, it's like, that is the trail. It doesn't look like it, but that is the trail. <laughs> yeah. You didn't go off the beaten path. That no. is the trail. Yeah, that is it. <laughs> um, and, like, the only, like... You can tell in most spots, even when you get into the 100-mile wilderness, you can kind of tell you're on the trail. It's not like su- – it's not super hard to find. I would say – I won't say it's hard to get lost, but they make it hard to get lost. 
So like the kind of key for it is, or at least the key I used, there could be another one. Everybody has their own methods. Uh, like the key I used was like. What's a what's a key? Oh, uh, that... it was just a, a rule of thumb for me. Okay. Yeah. A uh, rule of thumb I kind of used was if I didn't see a white blaze that marked the trail within so much, so much time, I would one first thing I would do is I would look back behind me because the blazes go both ways because some people are northbounders, some people southbounders. So I would look back and see if I could see a white blaze. And if I saw one, I knew I was good. So I'd continue forward. But if I didn't see a blaze moving forward for so long, because there was some spots where, like, it was easy to lose the trail. And because did you'd you? Be, you'd be, I did in a few spots, but not for very long because I, re, I used, you know, the, oh, hey, I haven't seen a blaze in a while. I look back. I saw one. Okay, I'm at least on or near the trail. So, like, I'd go forward a little bit. And if I didn't see one within so much time, I'd turn right around and I'd go back and I'd look for a different route. Because there's some spots where these these big rocks that have trees growing over them and you can't see the next blaze until you climb on that rock. But that doesn't look like it'd be a part of a trail. So you don't think to look up there at first. You think, oh, well, here's something that it maybe it was a game trail where a deer, a deer or a moose or something had gone through before. And you see it and it's like, oh. But there's no blazes. Yeah. <laughs> um, other things were like the ground would get really squishy off trail. Like I don't know what those trees were growing on, but I swear some of them were growing like a foot off the actual rocks they were growing on because you could look down them and you'd see gaps between them and then there's just darkness underneath. Yeah. So um, the ground would get squishier too if you went off trail. So I, I would mean, that I was suppose that would thing. make sense because there's not the the traffic mm-hmm. on. I'm sure that Probably. Tra- trail has been gone over how many times? Oh, yes. Um, at, at this point, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, like I just use those little things just to be like, okay, to try and avoid having a search party sent yeah. for me. I was going to say, I mean, are, are you looking at your phone to guide you or are you just literally going by these blazes? Um, so I mentioned the app Gut, Gut Hooks. Yes. Um, that app, it, it has more than the, like the big trails on them. It has um, the Ice Age Trail, which is Wisconsin. I think that one's about 1,200 miles. Yeah, I said that right, 1,200. Um, and you can purchase these trails, and they will give you um, they will give you information on like nearby towns. As, and it's as you go. Um, so shelters, it'll give you shelter information, campsite information, water sources. And the really cool thing about the app is you do not need to have a signal to use it. I had my phone in power saving and airplane mode while out there. And one, it was really nice to only have to charge my phone once in four days. <laughs> That's incredible. So but I was still able to use this app. And that would give me information, especially with water sources. It was really nice to have. So where are you getting your water? Are you getting it from streams? Yes. Or, okay. um, that other thing in my pack that is a necessary item, it's um, it's a Sawyer squeeze. You can get them at Walmart, in all honesty. Okay. Um, and it filters out most of the harmful bacteria. I think it's like 99% of harmful bacteria. The big one worrying, worrying about there in the water is, um, I think I'm pronouncing this right, uh, Giardia. And you will essentially have explosive vomit and diarrhea simultaneously. That's fun. Yeah, not something you want. <laughs> Man, I can't imagine being um, out in the wilderness and all of a sudden you just yeah, you contract. Yeah, both ends. Yeah. And then you got to get out of there somehow uh-huh. and get home. And let's say you're... Oh, you like, you know. it's, 
a lot from what I've seen, like for some people, it could probably ruin their hike just because it is it is rough. Um, I think I heard of a story of somebody who hiked through it. <laughs> well, like having... you, you have to I, I believe I'm not sure if it's one of those things that require treatments. I can't remember all the research I did on or it. Just that it... I knew I didn't want it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> so you're... I'm filtering my water no matter what. Yeah, right. Because you're saying it could eventually make its way out of your system. I'm not You're sure, not 100, but okay. I know most people get medical treatment for it. I would think so. <laughs> yeah, for something like that, that's pretty serious. Yeah, and it's 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 super easy to get dehydrated with it. So yeah, and that's the big worry. Like yeah, when your next water source could be three miles away, and you can only carry most people. Um, the recommendation I got was in most parts of the trail, you can get by with. Um, I carried two liters of water. Um, in some spots you can get by with just carrying one, but I like to stay hydrated out of precaution. <laughs> so you got, we got the water source taken care of. Mm -hmm. Food. How does food work <laughs> on these trails? I have had a lot of really great questions about this. It I'm is... sure you have. I mean, how could, yeah. I mean, you, you've, right, you've got to fuel yourself. Mm -hmm. You're obviously not going to bring a bunch of cliff bars with you. Uh, you know, I mean, um... I mean, or maybe, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sure you did bring something to munch on. So uh, we'll, we'll get to the cliff bars in a second. <laughs> I, tr I triggered something, didn't I? Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> um, so I'd back to that fear packing thing. Oh. And me forgetting everything I had ever learned. Uh-oh. Um, so the general thing about the Appalachian Trail, the other trails are different. The Appalachian Trail, logistics-wise, when it comes to food, in most places, you're about three to five days of walking away from a town. It's not super hard to carry three to five days worth of food with you. The part where I started, the minute I left, well, not the minute I left Baxter Park, but you hike out of Baxter Park and you do a little bit of a road hike. I think it's like a mile or two. And then you hit the 100-mile wilderness. Now, 100-mile wilderness, especially when you're starting like fresh, no trail legs or anything like that, expect 10 days is what they say. 10 days before getting to? Before getting to a town. Oh and that's if you can do 10-mile days the whole way. And I was doing now, just approximately fine at first. how I'm sorry, ten miles. How how many hours is that approximately, or is it supposed to be? Hour wise, it depends on you. Um, but you're still supposed to do ten miles within twenty four hours at least. Um, it, it's it's not so much that it's just do ten miles a day. Have your sleep to remain sane, mm -hmm. and your rest so your muscles don't hate you. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry, continue. I didn't mean to. I was oh, just no. curious. Um, so like roughly you want to average about 10 miles a day. How you break that up partially depends on you. There was these guys who they were all like track athletes. They started the same day I did. But, you know, they still want to start slow because this is different terrain than track. But they were probably, if I remember right, they were finishing at like for their 10 miles at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Whereas me, I want to go slow so well, I didn't really avoid it happening, but I wanted to go slow to avoid injury. I wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't pushing myself too hard out the gate. Two, I don't have that kind of terrain back home to train with. So automatically I'm going to go slower because my feet aren't used to navigating these constant like angle twists and everything like that. 
Um, so like for me, it took, I would start maybe 8 a.m. and I would finish maybe 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night. Um, I always finished before dark, the 10 miles on the days that I got to it. So I always finished before dark. So, But I was still hiking like maybe 12 hours a day sometimes or maybe like 10 hours maybe. Um, and to get through the 100-mile wilderness, like um, the Appalachian Trail Lodge, and I believe, I think it's called Shaw's in Monson, which is the town immediately after. So that's the next town yeah. that uh, you're saying a beginner takes – could take 10 days yes. to get to. Yes. Did and it take you 10 not, days? I didn't get that far. Okay. You didn't get that I far. I didn't. Okay. Uh, that will be probably, I'm guessing you're going to ask later on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We'll definitely get to that because I know you didn't, you know, that's yeah. something everyone's wondering. Did she do the whole thing? <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll get to that. So, so um, the Appalachian Trail Lodge, part of the Sobo special is a food drop on mile 63. Now, that's mile 63 from Mount Katahdin because Mount Katahdin is not in those 10 days. It's a separate day. So you carry six days worth of food with you to mile 63, and they have their own little system for finding. They put your food in a, like a, it's a blue Lowe's bucket with a lid, and they hide it off the trail. Like It's a little bit off the trail. They have their own system for how you find it so nobody else, like, stumbles across it. Like, no, nobody who didn't, like, set it up with them. So is that something you do on that app you were talking about? No, that's what I went through the uh, the, the lodge through, the Appalachian okay. Trail Lodge. I believe the Shaw's Lodge with Monson, I think that's what they're called. Um, they do something similar, but I think they actually like bring your food out the day you're supposed to be there. I'm not sure how their system works just because I didn't make it there. Um, so, you know, I carried six on when I started on Katahdin, I had six days worth of food with me, one for Katahdin and then the rest for what was supposed to be mile 63. And then I would pick up my food at mile 63 and I'd continue on to Monson. And that is the longest section of trail that you don't have a town on. Like it's, it's a 10 day stretch with no town. Now, people do do it faster. Uh, northbounders probably do it a whole lot faster just because they have established trail legs. They're probably super excited to be nearing the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, they might do it in half the time. They, I think somebody said he did it in five days, I think. Yeah. Like maybe seven. So they do it faster just because, like, their legs are more prepped for yeah, they Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to the food part of it, that is where I panicked um, as well because I did a— um, I was going to do cold soaking. So instead of bringing a stove with me with a little with that that had um you know that I could cook with, which they're just like small things. You can buy them super light. It's like I think they're like a pound or two maybe with fuel. So instead of bringing that, I was going to cold soak. In which case, it's just taking foods that have been dried and reconstituting with water and letting them soak. No big deal. I did a lot of research into it. Panicked before I left. Panicked big time before I left. As in you bought a bunch of it? No, or? as in I couldn't remember anything I had learned. About the soaking? Yep, about the soaking, about what kind of foods to take, about calories per mile kind of stuff. Couldn't remember any of it. You couldn't, couldn't remember like what what uh, the experts advised you to yep. eat, that kind of thing? None oh, of it. Boy. I mean, I would imagine protein. Yep. You know, nothing and but tons of protein is, is mm -mm. no. Um, proteins and carbs, and you, you still want the fats too. 
Oh, okay. Because it's just like you're you're putting your body through a ringer. Yeah, you really and, are. And um, there's also like a calories per I think it's calories per mile kind of thing, because like you're burning more than usual. Yeah, most people use lose a whole bunch of weight doing the trail because your body can literally not keep up with what you're putting it through, especially when you get to like trail have trail having trail legs and you're used to it and you're putting in twenty mile days then instead of ten mile days. So okay, so you panic. You panicked. Mm-hmm. You've got this food with you that you're saying you don't know exactly what to do with? No, I'm saying I listen, I was listening to podcasts still, and there was a guy who said that he pretty much lived off Cliff Bars. So I packed, <laughs> I packed six days worth of Cliff Bars. Oh, wow. That's a lot the, of Cliff Bars. The cool thing was, especially since they come in different flavors, so that made it like There are ver- several diversity. flavors. I do love Cliff Bars. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I would um, have to, to sponsor keep Sponsor the show now. Yeah. <laughs> to keep up with calories, just a normal amount, because you don't need to start with like 3,000 calorie days starting out because your body is still going through the what the heck is going on here kind of mode. Yeah. Um, and it's even said you don't eat as much as you're expecting to. So I put like a normal day's amount of calories, so about 2,000 calories of Cliff Bars per day. I think it totaled out to like nine of them a day. Okay. I definitely didn't eat nine a day. I was going to say. It was hard to put down food. I'm trying to remember how many. It's what, 200 and some odd calories? 250. Yeah, I was going to say. Roughly. Yeah, somewhere around that for a Cliff Bar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had Cliff Bars. And then, of course, when I did my shopping for the 100 Mile Wilderness... For the second half of it, I bought more Cliff Bars. Were they working out for you? Or I, I did mean, you just not know what else to do? I, I felt fine. Uh-huh. I, I, in all honesty, I was having no troubles. Like, the I hard mean, that's part what is, they're made for, yes. right? <laughs> they mean, advertise they, athletes on the car. Right. They got the, the, yeah. dude, the dude or the girl hiking. Uh, on, or rock climbing on their... or biking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're probably not meant to be your only food. But like, like I said, I panicked. I could not think of even like, okay, how do I do this again? I just completely blanked. And so I'm just like, okay, Cliff Bars, somebody said he does it. So we're going to go with that route until my brain gets back in the right. <laughs> um, in all honesty, though, the, cool, the really cool thing about the Cliff Bars, though, is I weighed my pack. I weighed my food bag. And it was only like eight pounds. Whereas people who were doing cold soaking were at like 11 pounds. Oh. And I'm just like, all right. I'm I doing- feel like there's someone <laughs> somewhere right now listening to this that's an expert at hiking. And they're like, what are you doing? They're like. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so why. Don't judge me too harshly. <laughs> I'm still kind of an amateur, as you can tell. <laughs> so so how did how did that end up turning out to be the worst for you? Why did you go like, oh, yeah, like why are you kind of flinching Uh, at the whole cliff bar thing? It's just kind of embarrassing because, you know, it's like I put all that research into it. Mm -hmm. But when it when like push came to shove, my brain just went completely blank. And like it's embarrassing because it's like even though you do all this research, I mean, and, you know, I'm like I said, I'm an amateur at this. I mean, I've been hiking before. I've done hiking. I've cooked on, you know, I've cooked on a camp stove and things like that before. But, you know, something this intense, like for me, it was kind of embarrassing because, you know, there was nobody else out there who had just cliff bars. <laughs> and it's so like, so what do you have? Oh. Cliff bars. 
<laughs> really? So it's it's super embarrassing. And then like the only real issue I had with the cliff bars, other than like I had to force myself to eat just because it's like I was not hungry. I was just so wiped out that it was just like you know, I didn't want to eat. I just wanted to go to bed at night. Or... I bet you passed out <laughs> oh, like, yes. like that. You're not worried about no any bears, kind of... No bears, no anything. Gonna... Yeah. No, I'm just asleep. You're not worried about that noise you hear off in the distance. No. You're just like, I don't care if, yeah. you know, and, uh, if it's a bear, then that's so how I go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, so it was just, it's, it, it is like, even thinking on it now, it, it is kind of embarrassing. And it's just like, because like, I'm, I'm not like yeah, a but, uh, super inexperienced hiker, but I'm also like, I don't get the opportunity to go just because like work schedule and I've been in school. I don't get the opportunity to go out for long stretches of time as much as the other people could have done. So, I mean, I can see, yeah, definitely why I panicked on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you live and you learn, yeah. as, as they say. And like I said, the only the only real problem I had with the Cliff Bars is the chocolate chip Cliff Bars are so dry. Yeah? They are, like, eating them is like eating, I might as well have reached for a handful of Dirt and eaten that because they were so dry was compared it, to the other flavors. That's weird because I don't think I've ever experienced that with the chocolate chip ones. But <laughs> I mean, I like the fudge brownie, the cool mints. Yeah. Oh, um, the cool mints. I uh, love the cool yes. mints. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Now let's get to. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about obviously the food. Yes. Now, how far did you make it? And like, I know what happened, but tell me in the context, what happened? You don't even make it to that halfway point of the of the hundred mile wilderness. Uh, no, you don't make it to that halfway nope. point. You don't make it to that next town. Nope. So where did where, how far did you make it? I made it exactly. Well, not exactly, but I made it about forty three miles in. Wow. Yeah. Of. And now what is it? And that is that is 43 miles from the top of Mount Katahdin and that's down and into the 100 mile wilderness. So 43 miles of the Appalachian Trail. Yep. (laughs) It's more than what I've done, you know, so you've got that going for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I still, you know, I still applaud you for. Yay. But. (laughs) But let's talk about what happened because it wasn't just like, oh, okay, I can't do this anymore. I'm going home. Yeah. You actually had something happen to you. Yes. So I will start with I'm surprised it didn't happen on Mount Katahdin because Mount Katahdin, half of it's hiking. The other half is boulder scrambles. Now, like this, like some of these boulders are like the size of a smart car or like and some of them are the size of like a pickup truck. So you're 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 not like climbing a rock wall, but you're still doing climbing over these massive boulders. And you're probably going down them at some point too, right? And that is terrifying. Yeah. To me, that would be harder to do than going up, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the A-Ball Trail is shorter than the Hunt Trail. So I went up the A-Ball Trail and uh, it had a rock slide in, I think, 2016. And I didn't know this. There was a lot of us who went up A-Ball because it was shorter and um, and someone was like, "Hey, uh, you know, there was like a rock slide." Yeah, nobody told us that. It's like, oh, <laughs> uh, 
So I could have died. No, no, no. It was in 2016, if I remember the year right. So it was yeah. a few years ago. Right. They would have kept the trail closed if it wasn't if it wasn't mm-hmm. safe to walk on. Right. But some of the boulders on the trail, like I had to go off trail a few times to get around some of these boulders. And it's it's just like it's it's kind of scary because like in some spots you look down and it's like it's not like a sheer drop. It's a pretty steep drop. Sure. <laughs> yep. Especially and, compared to, uh, you know, good old uh, Kankakee, yeah, Illinois. Yeah. And there's one part, and I said to myself, it's like, and, and I, was, I was kind of talking to my parents at this, and I'm like, Mom and Dad, if I die climbing a mountain, know that I died in intense fear from the fall, but I also died happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you you didn't injure yourself on on, the, on no right on these boulders. So no. where so you get off the mount? Yes, and I am exactly probably three miles into the hundred mile wilderness. So on the first day after Katahdin is a thirteen mile hike to get to the nearest, I think it's 13 miles, to get to the nearest lean-to where you can camp. And um, so most of it is leaving Baxter State Park. Then you do that little road walk, and then you get three miles in, and you cross into the Hunter Wild Wilderness somewhere in that three miles. I don't know the exact mile marker right now. Um, And first night in the 100-mile wilderness. One, I'd already spilled water all over myself, so yay. Oh, no. (laughs) So then there's leaf cover everywhere. I fell on a rock with my 30-pound pack, and I went down. Was it strapped to your back at the yeah, time, or yeah, were you it was it was it, it was it was strapped to my back at the time, and I just I went down, and I laid there for a bit, and one of the people came running over asking if I was okay, and my friend laughed at me a little bit um, because I fell after she asked if I was okay, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna lay here for a bit though, <laughs> because I fell with an extra thirty pounds on me, yeah, and like it didn't feel bad at the time, it did not feel bad at the time, like a garden variety sprain I've had worse. An an- <clears throat> you got an ankle sprain. Yeah. Like it, I've had worse sprains and it didn't feel too bad at the time. So I hung my bear bag, I put my tent up, slept on it, popped an Advil just in case. Um, and, you know, the next day I woke up, still felt the same. No big deal. The day after that, because I did a 10 mile day on it, the day after that, like that day, one, I will tell you this, the next lean-to is literally the most, like the last mile to it is this rooty, rocky hellscape. I'm sorry if I'm not supposed to say No, no, you okay. can say hell. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's this rooty, rocky hellscape. There's really like no good place to put your feet on even ground. It's just dense with roots and everything. And you hike this mile, and it feels like five miles, and it's at the very end. You know that lean-to's coming up. And you go up this hill, and there's this beautiful mountain spring. And um, you cross the—like, right across the mountain spring is the lean-to. And I came up at the perfect time because, like, there was a campfire. There were people there. I had been hiking alone all day. And it was just, like, instant mood lifter. Because you were in a lot of pain at this point? I wasn't, actually. Oh. I was I was okay, but, like, just from that last mile feeling like it took so long. Yeah. 
Um, I just wanted to describe that experience because for me, it was this huge relief. Yeah, there's no feeling like that. And it was just a beautiful spot. Um, The next day is when my ankle started hurting on going downhill. Ah. Which, like, it was, I don't remember the exact, um, I had this one big incline I had to do. And I mean, there's really no such thing as flat ground out there. <laughs> right. There's always a hill. Always. Um, but there was only like one super major incline that day, if I remember right. But going downhill took me a long time. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, I mean, for me, this is like day four on the trail. And going downhill is, is taking me about three times longer than it should. So I'm like, okay, this is getting bad. And when my foot catches on something, it hurts. And, you know, so I take a short day. I only did eight miles, which sounds weird for a short day. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because you're supposed to do about 10. So. Yes. And there are some people out there doing 20, yeah. not, not in my group that I know right. of, but still. But I'm sure those are the more experienced yeah. people. Yeah. And um, so I took a short day, eight miles. Um, and... I also saw that there was a road coming up, and I knew that me going downhill, like me taking it slow downhill like I had to, it's one of those, I want to watch this because my next road crossing that's showing up on my Gut Hooks app is another eight miles, and depending on what I can do and how I feel that, how I felt that ankle was going... I didn't want to get into a spot where it would be, you know, one, if I didn't pick up my food from the drop point at a point, at a certain point, like, you know, they get worried. Yeah. <laughs> because they know you're supposed to pick up your food by a certain day. And they give you one extra day. So, like, they drop it off a day early, the day you're supposed to arrive. If you don't get it the next day, like, I don't know. I, I don't know what the the lodge do. I don't know if they send, like a, a, like, a ranger out or something to make sure you're okay. I don't know what they do. But, you know, they, they I think they do something just because it's like, oh, hey, this person hasn't gotten their food. We need to make sure they're alive. Yeah, something's up. Yeah. yeah. And, the, like, the lodges and the tr- hiker lodges are really super hiker friendly. Like, they, they love their hikers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's my experience at just the one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So, I mean, I got to the point of like, okay, so that night, that was actually the night I was alone at the shelter. There was no other no other hikers around. And, you know, I tried to start a fire just because I'm alone and there's bears and moose and wildcats kind of stuff. And everything was still kind of damp because it had rained the day before. So even like the driest, like crumbliest kindling I could find was still a little bit too wet to really light. So it's like, okay, no fire. (laughs) So I like wrapped up, I had a bandana around my wrist for sweat. And I wrapped up my ankle in that, soaked it in a mountain stream, which, you know, mountain stream water in Maine is, is gold, yeah. I, I don't want to go back to I didn't want to go back to drinking tap water. It, it is it is just a beautiful thing, freshly filtered main spring water. I'm sure that it tastes a lot better than the water you're drinking now. <laughs> so um like I soaked my foot in there because it was a little bit chill, popped an Advil, you know, and I said to myself, it's like, we'll see what tomorrow holds. And, you know, I'll rest it extra tonight. And I popped it up on my pack in my tent. 
And, you know, I, I even slept in the next day, <laughs> which is really like it's still only like eight o'clock because the sun had risen. <laughs> um, so the next day, the terrain to that road is. And I'm doing air quotes for, for anybody listening, air quotes, gentle. It was gentle terrain that I was facing that that I think it was like two point eight miles to the road. and. It took me five hours to do that 2.8 miles because of my ankle. Wow. And I'm like, I won't make it to my food drop with this. I won't make it to the next uh, lean-to by dark with this. So I got to the road, and most of these roads, they're like gravel roads. You don't get signal on them. You don't get cell phone signal on them. And... This one had a river going through it. It had a stream. I guess it was a popular fishing spot because it did have a campground next to it. And it did also have, or like it was like half a mile into the woods is the campground. And it also had a parking spot. So there was these some guys fishing. I asked if they were local, if they could get me to like which way I could go to the nearest cell phone signal so I could call the lodge. And they weren't local, of course. Of course. So um, this car passes, and he's going slow. So, I, you know, I kind of wave him down, and I ask him if, you know, like where, you know. And he's like, I actually asked for a ride because I was just like, you know, this happened. And it would be stupid for me to remain out here because I, I'm injured, and I'm. it took me, you know, five hours to just do almost three miles. And I, I just— I wouldn't get to anything in time. It'd be dangerous for me to stay out here. Absolutely. Yeah. And so he's he was a guide, actually, and they were going to do some fishing. So I didn't get a ride with him. He said he would, though, if I hadn't found one by, you know, the, by the time he left. Uh, this hunter came through with his wife and his dogs. He was picking up a dog that had lost. He had lost GPS signal on his collar. And he was picking somebody had called him and said, it's like, oh, hey, we have your dog. Um, and I got to ride out with him and his wife. Now, on that road, like, if I had, you know, not had been able to get a ride, I would have walked that road. It was a hilly road, and it, at some point, the land goes from, like, public, where it's, you know, 100-mile wilderness, to privately owned. And he took me to the part where it was privately owned, where he exited and entered at the gate there, and I called the Appalachian Trail Lodge from them to get picked up. And, you know, they, when he got there, he just, he, you know, one of the, the guy who picked me up was like, oh, you know what happened out there? You know, and even on the phone, he asked if I needed an ambulance. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not that bad. It's just, it's getting dangerous for me to stay out on this ankle. And uh, so I told him, it's like, I can't go downhill. <laughs> He's like, well, that's not good. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. You know. Um, so, like, you know, he takes me back to the lodge. And when I'm at the lodge... I have a compression sock on me, and I'm icing it, and I'm elevating it more than I could when I was on the trail, and it swelled up like crazy. Like, my foot looked like a sausage. I'm like, yeah, this this is not good. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I figured, okay, I'll wait one more day. And it didn't obviously get any better in one day. <laughs> and I'm just like, I need to get it figured out. Like, figured out what's wrong with it before I go. Because I could walk flat surfaces. So I figure, okay, it's probably nothing. 
I can't say nothing serious. <laughs> but it's like I can walk flat surfaces, but it wouldn't be smart for me to go back out on the trail. So they, they brought me my food back, all my cliff bars. <laughs> <laughs> Just feasted on cliff oh, bars yeah. for the rest of your, your ta- time so, there. Um, yeah, that was like kind of the sad anticlimactic end to it. But like, so did you get treatment out there, or did you fly back and then get treatment here? I came here home and I went to urgent care because that's the closest thing my insurance covers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got an X-ray; nothing's broken. Yay! Um, I go back this weekend because she said, depending on how it feels, like you know, you might have damage, like a ligament or a tendon or something. So, you know, come back in two weeks, we'll reassess, and if it still hurts kind of like it does now, it's a, we're going to get a CT, I think she said, and then we're going to see if we damaged a ligament or not. Wow. Well, yeah. I hope I hope it's not that bad. I hope it's not either, because yeah. it still kind of hurts. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how's it feeling now? Because how many weeks has it been? Um, I injured it on the 2nd of June. Okay, and it's today is the 22nd. Yes. We're and recording I this. got so. off it. On the 5th. I mean, granted, I did, like, since I had the time and I was on the East Coast and I have a friend on the East Coast, I did go to Boston. And I walked on I walked around in Boston. Oh, okay. Not my greatest decision in life, <laughs> but it was flat ground. Um, but then, like, when I visited my – when I met up with my friend, it's in New Hampshire. We did – she drove. So, okay. like, I wasn't walking on it too much then. Um, but now it's, like, the whole ankle no longer hurts. But I still have some, like, really, really intense, like, localized pain that's in, like, two big spots. And those are the spots that have always hurt. And, like, the intensity of the pain hasn't really decreased. So I'm like, okay, I probably probably did a little bit more than I was hoping. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, hopefully that all checks out. Yeah. So um, I guess my question for you is if you get all healed up and everything, are you going to go back? Are you going to give it another stab? And if you do, I'm sure you would obviously do things, do something mm-hmm. differently. Especially when it comes to food. <laughs> <laughs> Those cliff bars, man. Yes. Um, I bet you're so, I bet you will never eat a cliff bar again in your life. I have totally eaten cliff bars since. Oh, you have? Yes. Oh, okay. Maybe you're hooked on them <laughs> I, instead of the opposite. And... I still have some, a whole bunch of them. You still do? Yeah. <laughs> you have like a lifetime supply. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this year will not be a go back for me just because the way my ankle is now, like if I was going northbound, I think the bubble of northbounders is, I think, New York right now. And like maybe if I was going northbound, I might have stayed on the trail in all honesty because the trail is not as rugged as it is in Maine. I mean, it's it, it still has its spots, but Maine is just, like, super. Like, it, if you look at a graph of, um, like, where people considered the most difficult parts of the trail, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire kind of areas, versus, you know, where they considered a lot easier down south. Um, so maybe if I was starting, like, if I had started in the south and done this, I probably would have just continued on the trail. Um, the downside of... Like, part of it is, like, I'm not really as weather-limited as I would be if I was going northbound because Baxter closes Katahdin, I think, on October 16th to, like, protect the Alpine wilderness. And it won't open it up again, if I remember right, till it gets, like, a decent amount of snow to protect the wilderness. Um, so I'm not 
time limited, but at the same time, there is weather I do not want to encounter because my gear is really kind of three seasons gear. So spring, summer, fall, I'm not super equipped for winter gear. And since I'd be taking so much time off the trail and I don't I still don't know how long I'll be able to, you know, do so, like be off trail with my ankle. Yeah, I was going to say, so that, I mean, that I'm still thinking has to heal and like all that. This year is probably not going to be my year. For yeah, maybe continuing. next year. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got other plans I want to do and the trail is not going anywhere. Yeah. And like I told, I even told myself before I even started, the one thing that's going to get me off trail, I don't care if I have a bad day. I had a few bad, like I had a few really bad, like I don't want to be here moments out there, even though I really wanted to be there. Like hiking alone in that kind of terrain is like, it's brutal on your mind. It's just you and your thoughts. Yeah. That's all it is. And I mean, there are people who they had groups of people or people who are going the same pace as them, you know, trail families is what they're called. And it's like, I didn't have that when I was out there. For the most part, most of the time, I was solo. And so, like, mentally, it takes its toll. I hadn't found my trail family yet. So it was just like, mentally, it really took its toll. But I told myself before I started, the one thing that's going to get me off trail is an injury. And so, like, I did what I set out to do. And my standard for getting off the trail was met. I wish it wasn't so soon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but it's still, you know, yeah. it's still something you can say that you did. Yeah. You know, and, and I know and like, <clears throat> I know you said when uh, we were talking via Facebook Messenger, you were talking about that you had seen that there were some other people from Kankakee that have uh, uh, traveled the trail before or oh, something. Um, so uh, the two kind of two instances. So, um. The Appalachian Trail has, Lodge has a map in one of their, like, dorm bunk areas, and you put a pin where you're from, like, just a little push pin. And I don't know who they are. So, you know, Kankakee people, find me. <laughs> yeah, let's talk. <laughs> there were, there, other than me, there were two other pins in Kankakee County of people who had been at the Appalachian Trail Lodge. And I was just like... I want to know who they yeah, are. Yeah, I would be curious. Where are these people? It would be, it would be funny. If, How far did you get? Did you finish? I right. want to know. I was going to say, I want to know if anyone from Kankakee is actually finished, or yeah. even if they didn't, mm -hmm. to kind of see like, hey, there's been three people from yeah. Kankakee County that have and then, you know, uh, gone on the trail. Th the other incident that I actually told you about before we started this is that second day, uh, or, uh, second day into the 100-mile wilderness, third day on trail, um... When I came to that really beautiful lean-to, um, I had commented to uh, – there was, like, these three guys who had started the same day as I was, and they were there. And I'm like, I'm the Midwestern delight out here for mosquitoes. <laughs> like, I, I am I am bit to pieces. Um, bug spray I'm putting on, like, five times a day because they were very opportunistic. Like, they would, like, touch off against your skin. And when they realized something was there, they'd take the chance and bite it even if you had <laughs> bug spray on. Huh. That was the Midwestern delight out there. I had bruises from bug bites. I yeah. had black fly bites, I think. We didn't have too many when I was out there because it hadn't gotten warm enough yet. But I had them on the back of my neck, and that was, like, the only part of exposed skin that they could get. Yeah. Um. But I walked in, and when those people heard me say Midwest, like there was this couple there, I didn't know them. Um, they asked me where I was from, and I'm like, oh, I'm from Illinois. We're from in Illinois. And I'm like, Kankakee. And I was like, 
oh, we're from, I, I don't remember the exact town they stated, but the girl had grown up in Tinley Park. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, what? All the like, way in Maine. All the way in the 100 mile wilderness in Maine. Yeah. A girl who grew up in Tinley Park. And yeah. I'm just like, this That's is... what's amazing because it's not like you were just in some like touristy town yeah. in Maine. You <laughs> I was in the woods. You were in the woods. You were on, in the, on the Appalachian Trail. And I ran into somebody who had grown up in Tinley Park. Yeah. And I was just like, it is such a big, small world. Yeah, it really is. Wow. Well, you know, I know you didn't make it, but that's still a a heck of a story. Yeah. You know, that you have to share, you know, and and talk about and be like, hey, like I did this Mm because you don't hear... There's not many of us. Not not it, not that you see from Kankakee. <laughs> no, I mean, there's there's people here that have uh, they've they've barely left the area or, mm-hmm. or the Midwest, really. You know, so it's it's cool to yeah. bring these things home. Yeah, and be like, hey, someone from Kankakee, you know, tried. <laughs> tr- with, they tried, but you know, there's a, like you said, you mm-hmm. started at the hardest point mm-hmm. in Maine instead of starting in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So I I you know yeah, and like. And as I was saying, it's like, I don't, like, because some people would be, like, super, like, I've been in really good spirits for this. Even though I, you know, some people would say I failed. Like, I've been in really good spirits about this. You learned so much. There's that. And, like, I learned so much about myself out there because, like, you go out there and, like, I had just this one day and I was just, it was a rotten, like, hour. And I told myself, I'm like, you're making entirely too big of a deal of something that's so minor. And, like, I sat, like, I didn't sit back. I continued walking. But um, I was just hiking, and I'm like, how many things in my life have I made a huge deal out of? And it turned out it was just such a minor thing. And I'm like, how often do I do that? And, you you know, you start thinking about it, and it makes you rethink some of the things you've done. And then, like, at the same, like, you know, some people might have been like, oh, you failed because you didn't meet the goal of finishing like you did. And I'm like, I didn't fail, though. I started. That is sometimes the hardest thing for some people to leave what they have behind, to leave the comfort of their home, to leave the security of a job, to leave family members and go, you know, hike in the woods for potentially six months. And like I started, I did the really hard thing of starting. I don't think there's any failure in that because I did that hard thing. The rest of it's just as a lot of hikers say, it's just walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's just walking. I completely agree. There are are so many more uh, positive takeaways mm-hmm. from uh, you know the the forty three miles that you did complete. That's actually something. Before we wrap up, too, how long? What's the average time it actually takes someone to go from Maine to Georgia on the Appalachian Trail? When you were doing your research, what yeah. was the average? So um, I, I've there, there's a few things that uh, like kind of t- take into it. It's like really how much like how much time do you spend in towns? Do you you know how many zero days do you take? Things like that. So there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, but like usually it's between about four and six months, with six months kind of being the average. Um, That's a long time. Yeah. That's a really long time. Um, I had one hiker because I considered going northbound and just starting late. And it would have been too much of a time crunch for my preferences. So um, I didn't want to do that because you have to get to Katahdin or you don't summit Katahdin by a certain – by October 16th. It's like a – yeah. 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 So um, a woman I talked to, she said if you start nor- in the north, 
even though you don't have your trail legs, you hit all that rugged terrain when your body is fresh. She had done the trail going north instead of going south. She did the trail going north. And she said when she got to Vermont, every day she was looking at her, like what she'd be doing on, and just looking at the at the environment. And she's like, what the heck? And her body did not want to because it was just so broken down from being on the trail for so long. So like doing all that fresh, she said, in theory, a lot of hikers think that you can actually do the trail a little bit faster than six months because you hit all the really hard stuff first. Mm-hmm. Didn't get to find out if that one was true. <laughs> right. Pluses and minuses. Yeah. But, I mean, if you ever go back. Oh, I will be. I, if, you're going to have to come back on the podcast and give <laughs> and give me another round of, you know. I said so. to the the people, at the, uh, the, the, the man who picked me up at the lodge, uh-huh. um, I told him it's like he's done the trail before. Uh-huh. And he's. I told him, it's like, I don't care if I have to section hike the whole trail. Because if, if, you know, if life doesn't work out to where I get the opportunity to go for six months, I don't care if I have to section hike the whole trail. It is just too dang beautiful out here to not go back just because I kind of bruised my ego from not being able to, you know, yeah. finish because I hit 43 miles and putzed. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> you know, how, how many people are, are successful the first time they do something? You know what I mean? There is a success rate of about for for through hiking in general on the Appalachian Trail. I can't remember. I think the number is getting bigger. A lot of my research said ten percent chance of finishing. <laughs> that's pretty um, low. And that's of the like the I think there's like an average of like three to five thousand. I think you start. I'm not remembering exact numbers. Yeah. And there's a 10% chance of finishing. Um, somebody, when I was out there, maybe that number has been updated. Somebody, when I was out there, said that there is a 15% chance. Okay. So it's still a pretty low percentage. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, but like I said, you know, kudos to you for trying, for starting it and <laughs> getting so much out of it. Yeah. So, and, I mean, um, I, I could wax poetic and go on for a lot longer than this podcast. <laughs> I'm sure you could. There's, there's, you know, there's so much to talk about. There's so much that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, Molly, uh, Eric, thanks for, for being on and, and yep. talking about Appalachian Trail. And uh, it was good catching up with you. Yes. And, and, and in that regard, anyway. Um, but uh, it's just, uh, it's so strange how quickly... Time, time goes. Yeah, right. You know, here we are. It's 2021. You've uh, done so many cool things. You, you so. mean we didn't fall asleep in Mr. McLean's class? <laughs> Did <laughs> you do that yesterday? too? Yes. <laughs> oh, I thought that was just me. No, no. I fell asleep oh. in his class all the time. <laughs> uh, but see, th- that's the beauty is I still have that picture of myself sleeping in his <laughs> class. I can't remember. I think it was... Uh, I think it was Ashlyn Warmoth uh, who took that. If it wasn't Ashlyn, it was someone else that took that picture of mm-hmm. me. And it's on Facebook, you know, of me. <laughs> there were so many people in his class that I sat in his desk while he taught. I don't know if you remember that. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I was asleep. <laughs> you were, yeah, you were asleep. Of course you don't remember. Of course. Right. Duh. We were both sleeping. Um, what's You know, what's cool is, um, speaking of Mr. McLean, uh, it was... I think it was about two years ago, mm-hmm. sometime in the last couple of years, him and I uh, served on a jury together. Whoa. Yeah. It was like, you know, we we uh, we saw each other um, in the, you know, in the basement of yeah. the, the Kankakee County Courthouse, you know, where everyone waits. Um, 
and uh, w- you know, we saw each other and we said hello, and then lo and behold, both of our numbers got called up. We were assigned on the same case, oh. and it was just it was cool to see him and and yeah. uh, and catch up. I mean, we've been Facebook friends for mm-hmm. for years, but um, but it's that's not the, the same, no, right? It, it was the first time I had like an in person mm-hmm. conversation with him, and who knows how long, and uh, so that was that was. That was kind of a trip, yes. <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah. And I was trying to think we had French class together. Yes. Um, did you, you didn't take all four years. You, I did take all four years. You did take yeah. all four years. See, I only took three. So I yeah. couldn't remember if you ended up doing all four. Yeah. I guess um, I forgot that. I was not good at French. <laughs> oh, I was horrible. I barely, that third year was mm-hmm. so hard. That's why I, I just bowed out and I kind of had a conversation um, with uh, Miss, Mrs. Linneman about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was almost like she, because she really helped me out, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying, yeah. at finishing that, that third year. And she's like, yeah, I, I, I don't think you should, <laughs> should do, you know, and she was wonderful. I'm yeah, not saying, like, this, great teacher. this wasn't anything bad. She's obviously looking mm-hmm. out for me. And uh, I, uh, um, that's one person I'd love to catch up with too. I haven't yeah. seen her in years. I know she's retired uh, now. I but. worked at, well, I'm still working at Barnes and Noble because they they were like, yeah, yeah, you can come back. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I'm employed already. Okay, nice. <laughs> um, and I've seen her there. I think I've once or twice. I've seen her yeah. come through, and I'm like, I'm still not like. I'm not sure enough that you know you don't want to be like, oh yeah, yeah, French teacher, and uh-huh. then be wrong. <laughs> Yeah. It looked just like her, though, if it was her. Yeah. I have not seen her out in public at all. But um, anyway, yeah, we that's another podcast. We could talk about that stuff all day long. Teachers. (laughs) Teachers. But uh, anyway, yeah, thank you again for being on. Of course. And um, I love talking hiking. And I I hope your your ankle heals up okay. Yeah. So me too, because otherwise I'm not going to be able to go to Colorado (laughs) later this year. Yeah. You'll it's already be, planned, August, well, Colorado. I think I think you'll be okay. You got yeah. a couple months or yeah. a month and a half or you know Ish. whenever it is in August, and you're not going to be. I, I don't think you're going to be climbing the the Rocky Mountains, you know, uh, while you're there. I'm going to be doing some 14ers. Are so you? Like the 14,000 well, feet of elevation. Well, you better so. you better be careful. You better be careful when you <laughs> no go out there. Problems. All right. Well, I'm Jake Lamore. That concludes this episode of Kankakee Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can go to kankakeepodcast.com to catch up on previous episodes. You can sign up for our mailing list there. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Kankakee Podcast. You can, or did I say, I think I said the mailing list already, didn't I? I'm losing my train of thought. Um, and uh, we release a new episode each and every Monday, uh, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, and obviously at kankakeepodcast.com. Thank you.